Welcome to today's broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Blog Talk Radio through Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Dancia Jones-Morris or DanciaJ.com. You can also call your hosts and guests at area code 646-668-2413. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. And now here's your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Moore. Kingdom Authority. Power Kingdom Authority. Good evening. It is a blessing to be here this wonderful Sunday evening, January 21st, 2018. Oh, my goodness. We are over halfway in the month, the first month of 2018. Can you all believe it? I am so excited about 2018. This is the year that I believe there are new things happening. I know people talk about the number eight, and I just believe it for this year. So guess what? We are starting some new things on tonight, and I am super excited about it. Welcome to Kingdom Authority again. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris, and I am excited to be here tonight to introduce a new segment. I want to pray, read, read one quote, read a scripture, talk about a little bit, and I want to bring on my wonderful and special guest who's going to um, introduce a new episode for us. So I can't wait for you all to meet this young lady. Let me just start with praying. Father, thank you. Thank you, O oh Lord, that we do have kingdom authority. Help us to walk in kingdom authority, the authority that you've given us over our territory, God, that you've given us. And so, God, we do that by utilizing our gifts through the anointing and grace and mercy of God. We thank you, O oh Lord, for this wonderful, wonderful night whom you have blessed us to be here. It is by your grace. It is by your mercy that we are here, Father. You've given us new mercies this day, and we say thank you. It is a joy, a privilege, God, to be able to come together and just unite, Father, to be able to unite and say thank you, to be able to unite and empower, to be able to unite and encourage, to be able to unite and equip on tonight as we take kingdom authority. And it is for you, your glory, that we do this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Excited about tonight, I'm telling you, super excited about tonight. We are talking still about new journeys and new starts during this month, this brand new month and a brand new year, a brand new way of living, a brand new way of thinking, brand new, I'm telling you. And if you haven't jump started, jump start tonight, this wonderful night. January 21st. Let's just go quickly into the Word of God. I'm going to be coming out of Genesis, Genesis, the 12th chapter, and it's going to be a, just a few short um, verses. I'm just going to take um, Genesis 12, 1 through 4, 1 through 4, Genesis 12, 1 through 4, reading from the New King James Version. Listen to this. New start. Talk about a new start. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. I want you to understand in this particular scripture passage, just real briefly, now the Lord has said to Abram, the first thing he says, get out. There was a movie, y'all know, about get out, and it was about getting out of this house, getting out of this town, whatever the case was. I didn't really watch it. I just saw extra because I don't like scary movies. But I thought about that. And I thought about the, the movie um, and the, the stuff that I saw from the um, trailer of that particular movie. And that movie, it was telling, it was doing something to this young black man in this crazy house and crazy town, these crazy people. I call them crazy. I don't really know. I'm just assuming they were crazy how they were acting in the trailer um, for this particular movie. And so the title of it was Get Out. And I can imagine 
that there was some times that the young man experienced some things in the house, in the town, and he just wanted to leave for, for some reason. I don't know why he didn't because I don't know the movie. I thought about this. Whenever I'm in a situation that's not good for me, it is time to what? Get out. <laughs> and so guess what? In this scripture, I took this and the Lord revealed to me, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Not that it wasn't good for a time, a season, for some purpose at a certain point, but it's time to go. And when God says get out, I'm telling you I am learning that it is time to get out. Make sure we hear the voice of the Lord. I still have to go back and pray. Let me be transparent and pray and see what God is saying. And 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 I have to, I'm learning that you, when He speaks, move. And so the Bible says in here, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father. Here's all those yours from all his stuff, what he knew, what was comfortable, because I'm going to show you a new land and make you a great nation. I will bless you. So everything was your family, your fathers, your country, what pertained to the old, but he wanted him to come into the new, new start. So I just wanted to tell you, get out of your place and let's get going. Bible says number four, verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram, he wasn't a young chick, well, not a chick, he wasn't a young buck. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So he went, I can imagine if you've been in a place in a long time, it's hard to get out. But the Bible says that Abram obeyed, basically, and went and left. I don't know what went on in his mind. I don't know how many days passed. The Bible doesn't say that. It says that he left. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. When you say, as the Lord has spoken to him in the scriptures, it's normally within that time. That's what that means. And so when God speaks, it's time to go and to go into your next. Okay, uh, real quick, let's get into a quote, and we're going to bring in our wonderful, wonderful guest. I can't wait for this to go up. Here's the quote for today. Many of you have tell, told me you like those quotes, and it gets you going, so we're going to give you that quote. Listen to this. Um, This is from Asha Tyson, and it says, Your journey has molded you for the greater good. It was exactly what it needed to be. Don't think you've lost time. It took each and every situation you have encountered to bring you to the now, and now is right on time. Oh, wow. So everything we've gone through, it molded us for now, and now is the right time. Don't think it's over. Don't think it's too late. Just because you're 75 plus, oh, no, if he told Abram to get out and he left at 75, surely 75 is no big deal. You can travel on to your new start. It depends on how you look at it. So we want to change your mindset to say we have kingdom authority and know that age ain't nothing but a number for God. And so we just want to just rest in that on tonight. All right, let's just move on just want to encourage someone real quick. I want to move on because I'm excited about this. I've been advertising, telling people about it, and now it's the time. And I'm so gracious that she was um, given the okay to do this. I, I, you know, I'm excited about this night. And so we wanted to introduce a new episode on this broadcast. And I, listen, this woman is so bad. And she's under great tutelage, as as am I. And so we are cultivating this thing together. But I want you to welcome, and we're just going to introduce her, kind of talk about some things, and then she's going to go forth as only she can. Can you help me welcome on tonight Mrs. Kate Cook? What's up, Kate? Hey, hey. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on, Danzia. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. I want people to learn just a little bit about you before we go into this, um, before you go into what God has given you. We're talking about a new start and everything, and this is a new start. So you have named this new episode. What is the name of this new episode? So what the Lord showed me is what's cooking with Kate. And I just want to speak on that for just a moment and 
you know, I had to laugh at myself because as we began to talk about this, a name is so important, right? The thing that, that we operate under, a name is very yeah. important. And so I, I heard that, what's cooking with Kate? And I was like, really, God? Because my name is Kate Cook, and that's kind of obvious and, you know, just feeling some type of way about it. But look at it. The Lord gave me affirmation. Didn't you come back within a matter of minutes telling me, what about cooking with Kate? And I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. So... One of the things that I just receive when it comes to the Lord is how he feeds us. The Lord is constantly giving us daily manna, speaking of a new beginning every day, for us to eat. And his word is what we eat. We don't live on bread alone, but we live on the word of God. And I think that it's so important that as we release the fruit of our lips, his words into the atmosphere, that we are serving an intentional portion each and every time we get an opportunity to. So as we talked about what's cooking with Kate, I really... My goal is to intentionally serve good fruit on this show to these people. My, my, my. Okay, so you done said a mouthful already. Um, <laughs> we want people to, we definitely want people to be fed. What we do want to make sure is that we stay in line with the word. So help people understand just how, so that we can introduce them to your style, talking about cooking with change. Yes. What is it that brings to life for you the way you deliver? So the way that I deliver, I would I would say this, you know, I, I can only be me, right? And um, right. I believe that the Lord makes us all individual, individually. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, you know. And and I don't um, apologize for the way that I hear from the Lord. I don't apologize for the parables that He chooses with which to instruct me. Um, and I've learned to truly embrace it. I believe that the Lord surrounds us, you know, just with all of his words, when you begin to learn to hear his words, he says that my sheep will recognize my voice. And so through everything, I believe that the Lord speaks to us, whether that's a song on the radio, a commercial that comes across the TV, the Lord is always speaking. And so I remain open to receiving that and just once again, to be able to reciprocate the words that he gives to me and just deliver the way that he delivers to me. And I believe that, you know, our our bishop teaches us, thank you, Bishop Latrice Jester, and is an amazing leader and one of the things that she always teaches us is that you know she 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 realizes that she might not be for everybody that you know there's somebody for everybody and so I don't um I don't dim myself down to be something other than the Lord made me be. So I might come across as raw. I will say this, I didn't grow up in the church, so I'm not as familiar maybe with some of the traditional ways of of delivering the word. My comfort zone is, is a different comfort zone. I can only be, again, who he made me to be through the experiences. I love the quote that you read through the experiences that I've been shaped with. That's how I deliver the word. And so I am not ashamed of the way that the the Lord teaches me those things. And that's how I deliver them boldly and confidently the way that he gives them to me. I love it. I love it. So we can only be ourselves. I tell, I tell people that all the time, I got to be me. You know, I have to mm-hmm. be me. I, I'm refining, you know, fine tuning. I have to yes, great, always. Um, great leadership to help fine tune us. Right. And to get us on the yes. right track to keep us on the right track track. So but we, we have to be who God has made us to be. And that quote was so powerful. I want to go back to something you just said. You said you didn't grow up in the church, right? Yes, so ma'am. Kind of yes. take us on a quick little path of 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 how you got to this point, just quickly. Okay. So um I'm I married a wonderful man, my husband Keith Cook, who is the youngest of twelve children. Um when we were married, um somewhere probably about five where well, let me start with this. The person who married us was my sister in law who is now Bishop Latrice Jester. At that time when she married us, I knew nothing about God. I wasn't going to church, didn't have, you know, not to say that I didn't know anything about him. I did believe in God and believe that he existed. What I didn't know is that you could have a relationship with him. And, um, as she began to grow in ministry, she she was ordained, I believe, at Grace Temple, and and we went to that, you know, just supporting my sis and and being there for her. And then as she was um, raised up to be the the pastor at Gideon Baptist Church, we joined the church. We began going to church again, supporting her move and what she was doing, you know, being elevated to such an awesome position. 
um, as I began going to church, I sat in the second to last row with my children who had also never been to church before. So needless to say, they, they weren't necessarily uh, uh, ready to behave in, in such a form and fashion. Um, and so it was just such a, a, a raw experience. And the most wonderful thing was that, you know, although I thought I was going there to support her, as she began to speak and, and just I began to learn more about God, I just I felt like I was uh, eating for the first time, like I had been starving my whole life and finally tasted what it meant to be fed. And so when I say that I started to chase after God, it was just uh, it was like just like that, like like being starving your whole life and being introduced to food for the first time. So she invited me to start attending Bible studies. And it's been an amazing journey since then as I began to grow in him. And she's just been so graceful to teach me how to walk in God's love and, 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 and really do and be the best that he has called us to be. I love it, I love it. And you know, I know Bishop Latrice Jefferson well, and she actually um, co-hosted with me during the summer as I went through a transition on this. And I'm ever so grateful for that because I wasn't sure how to continue going, and she helped me through that time um, and, and still mentors me. So I understand your connection with her and why. Um, I am grateful because you bring a whole difference to um, to ministry and breaking down the word. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you that time at this moment to go through what God has given you. And I want you to, you know, take your time with that and then help the people to understand. So I want to introduce everyone again. This is Cooking with Kate. Amen, amen. Okay, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited to come with this word. So the text that God has us coming out of today comes out of Isaiah 43 and 19 out of the King James Version. The word says, Behold, I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And that is the word. The exciting thing I want to point out about it is that it says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I love that Danzia opened up with a quote that explains that our whole life has been preparing us for a new thing, and that new thing is now. That opportunity has molded us and shaped us for something that we need to take hold of now. Now it shall spring forth. You can be presented with an opportunity, a new journey, or an, you know just a something new to do, but your ability to be ready to, to seize that moment is a whole other thing. So our topic today, as we are talking about new beginnings and new journeys, is just really learning and, and being able to be response ready, that when a new thing is presented and now it shall spring forth, are you ready for that thing? Can you handle that thing that is coming your way? And so as we get started, one of the things that I just wanted to share with everybody is, you know, um, I, I again, I, I didn't grow up in the church, but what I did grow up in is a bunch of sports. I grew up with a bunch of boys. My dad coached basketball. I had seven brothers. They played. My husband now is, um, he's an amazing baseball player, and he coaches youth baseball. Our sons play, and my oldest son even gets to coach with him. And so I am surrounded by sports um, Needless to say that it's a comfort zone for me. So if you grow up around that or have that in your life, you can, you know, learn how sports can be so amazing. There's so much that we can learn from it. The excitement of the game, the fierceness of competition, breaking down plays, how to teach everything, all of those things just really do it for me. And the more that I listen to it, as I walk with God, I hear him, I hear him, and I feel as though my love of sports has even crossed over into a language with God, you know that he speaks to us all individually, and so in my life, he uses sports all the time to communicate to me. I feel like I've learned to become like a like an ESPN commentator, parable giver, if you will. <laughs> I hear him in so many things, right? So as we walk through this thought together, I just want to invite you with me to kind of learn about some of the things that he's been showing me about being response ready and staying response ready. And so 
we're so excited about this year and the things that God is doing. Um, you know, we talk about being able to discern the times and just real quick, this is one of those times. 2018 is just an amazing year. And I really believe that God is truly doing a new thing and that it's going to be a huge thing. And as our bishop has reminded us, even just recently, what we need to be um, aware of is that we need to be ready to be able to respond to the thing that's coming our way, that it's not just a matter of timing and position. Although those things are important and it is the right time, we are in the right position. How are you going to respond to the thing that is coming your way? And so our text tells us that God is always doing a new thing in our lives. The Bible says that in Lamentations 3 and 23 that his mercies are new every day. Every morning we get a chance to have new mercy. Revelations 21 tells us that he makes all things new. He's always doing something new. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 assures us that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old thing has passed away and behold, the new thing has come. And so we know that, that this is a kingdom where new beginnings and new journeys are abundantly presented to us. There's so many things that we can learn about walking into those opportunities. King Solomon says it like this, and I love this from Ecclesiastes 9 and 11. We talk about this all the time, that time and chance happens to us all. So I really do know and believe that every single one of us all the time are getting new opportunities. Danzia started off by telling us about Abram, who was 75 years old, and at 75, he was still getting new beginnings. Time and chance was still happening to him even then. And so through the opportunities um, that were presented, the abundance of new is all always there. And so our ability to seize them lies in our ability to be response-ready. We have to be able to respond to the new thing that is springing up in front of us. Um, one of the things that we've been focusing on at our church is just how important it is to level up with effective strategies in all areas of our lives. And so as we level up, I love thinking about new beginnings and new journeys as I was really thinking about that thought. Um, I love looking up words, you guys. I'm such a nerd. I am such a nerd. I love to study. So talk about just being who I am. I'm just going to put that out there. Words are everything to me. Talk about hidden manna. God just put so much. He packed words with all these amazing things. So anytime I get a chance to dig deeper into words, I am all for it. And so I just wanted to see even what the dictionaries and things had to say about the term level up. And one of the things, the just a baseline said that it means that it means to make a move in your life for the better. And so that's kind of the obvious definition, but I loved this thought, talking about in the video game world, thinking of level up, that every time you get to another level, you have all these new experiences to learn on that level. But the definition that they spit out was um, it means to progress to the next level of player and or player abilities by acquiring experience points in your previous levels. I love that thought that you actually get experience points for the things that you've walked through in order to progress to the next level of the game. And so imagine even just thinking about Abram like she was talking about. Man, he had 75 years worth of experience points in order to be able to level up to the journey that God had set in front of him. And so Every day we're presented with opportunities of learning and getting better and being sculpted so that when we do get the opportunity for that next level, look, we're ready to level up. I want that new player. I want that bigger batter sword. I want that new thing, that new ability. I want to be able to jump higher. I want to be able to run faster. All of those things I was prepared for on this level, but now that I'm leveling up, I need to take it that step up. I need to be ready for that. And so, as we look at being response ready, one of the, well, there's three areas that I really wanted to look at as we talk about this. And so those areas are preparation, recognition, and readiness. And so as we begin to look at preparation, man, I just, I can't go back to it enough, but Dandy, I wish I had it written down. I love that quote about how our preparation, we're being molded for that new thing that is coming our way. 
Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seahawks, has a quote that says, the separation is in the preparation. Successful athletes are dedicated to the art of preparation. Man, they spend so much time on the field and in the game video and on the books just learning and preparing for everything that is coming, um, coming their way. And so preparation is the action or process of making ready or being made ready for use or consideration. So when an athlete is preparing, they have a goal in mind. They have a skill set that they're learning for so that they can be used or considered for the game that's coming up. Now, here's the good news. We know that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that he knows the plan that he has for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future, an expected outcome for which we individually were created, a position, a specific place for us to individually fill or for us to play. And so God uses our life to prepare us to be able to be who he created us to be. Again, the separation is in the preparation. So how have you been prepared? He knew just how much success and failure, just how much joy and pain, exactly which ingredients will be required to produce the purpose that he created for each of us to fulfill. And so he uses each day of our lives as a practice session for the upcoming game. And our job, I've learned, is to participate and really learn from those experiences. If we're going to level up, we have to make the most out of it, right? And so a successful athlete uses the preparation time, again, to study the playbook, practice the plays in that controlled environment, and to evaluate their own performance. They get to watch their game film so that they can go back and see, do they need to adjust their approach if that's necessary? Practice and preparation is the time to go ahead and do that. Because God gives us time to prepare, we get a chance to hone in on on the skills that we've been given. We learn to get confidence, excuse me, to be able to apply the plays that we're learning. There's a scripture that comes to mind that says that, that we are to use the gifts that we have been given to edify the kingdom. And so God has given each one of us a perfect gift. Each perfect gift comes from the Father from above. He gives us a perfect gift that we've been given to, to fulfill his purpose in the kingdom, we have to learn, our job is to learn how to work that gift, how to work with that thing that you've been given. And so it's, it, the bigger the gift that you have, the more preparation is required for you to be able to really use that thing and have confidence in the thing that you've been given. And one of the things that I was thinking about as we, you know, again, talking about sports and just looking back over what I know about preparation I just want to give you a quick story about Pop Warner football. I saw my son start playing Pop Warner football, and so that's the little bitty guys out there on the field. And so the exciting thing for them is that, you know, of course they get to play football, but, man, it's it's about hitting, right? The football players want to hit people, and, and that's what they're, they're uh, excited to do. And so these boys are called to do a new thing. There's a new thing springing up in their lives. They're going to have to actually hit people. And so you wouldn't want to send a child out into the game without ever really knowing what it feels like to give or to take a hit. And so they spend their practice, they spend their preparation time walking the boys through step-by-step learning how to do these things. And so as they're being prepared, first they practice the hit with no pads. The coaches will set up like this uh, a punching bag, right, and they'll, they'll run up and duck their shoulder and, and hit the punching bag. And so that's the first thing that they get to experience, just what it feels like to make that contact second thing they do is they add pads because once you hit the punching bag with pads, that's a different level of contact. It feels a little bit different to hit a thing when you have equipment on, right? So they walk through that experience. And then the next thing that they do is they start having this little drill, not really a play, just two players, and they have the boys line up facing each other, and with their pads on, they just hit each other. So just one point of contact, they they run up against each other and, and hit each other. No plays, just learning what it feels like to collide, right? Then the fourth thing that they do is now everybody has their pads on, and they start walking through plays. They start lining up, and this is what it looks like to be on offense. This is what it looks like to be on defense. And they start making situational plays. So if this defensive player comes at you this way, offense, this is what you're going to do. You'll hit them this way. So they kind of talk it through before they put anything live to action. The last thing that they get to do is start actually practicing 
pads on in their positions, and they really start to hit each other. And I think that that's an incredible thing for the boys, and it's so important because, again, you wouldn't ever want to send somebody out there without having done it before. You want them to be able to experience what that's like. So like football, God has given us the authority to hit. He says he gives us the authority to trample over the enemy. So Luke 10 and 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So we we know this, and, and um, it's not just a, a free trample, though. One of the things that I would recognize that, that is if a snake is there or even if a scorpion is there, that thing isn't just going to wait for me to trample it. It's, it's going to move. It's going to try to attack me, right? And so just like that, the enemy isn't going to just sit there and wait for you to put your cleats on and get to trampling, right? He's not just coming to hit you. This enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy everything that you are. This is a real live thing. It would take me some preparation to be able to be response ready in order to be able to trample that thing that was put in front of me. Now, like a good coach, God is going to walk me through the motions of that. He lets me hit something just to get the feel for it first. He gives me a little drill so that I can feel what that contact feels like. And it may start off as a no pads hit. It might be something real easy to do, but it's still an assignment that I've been given to take authority over. So it, it starts off as a small thing, because, but that, the bigger thing is on the way. God knows the plan that he has for us, right? And so I wanted to walk through this thought in looking at David's time and, and how David was prepared for the new thing that was coming his way. See, David, uh, God kept David out in the pasture taking care of some sheep for a long time. That was his practice time, if you will. He had hitting practice over and over again, knowing that God knew that Goliath was on his way. And so his practices might have looked a little bit like this, and this is just how God was showing me. So first, David might learn how to use some rocks. He might take some target practice and learn how to really work with his aim and the strength of his arm so that he, he gets confident in, the, in what he's using and the tools that he's been given. Then he's going to have to learn when, when the little neighborhood dog comes around, that he has the authority to take care of that dog. He has the authority to use what he's been given to take, to take control of that situation and, and handle his territory. He learned, he went on to, to go on to learn how to take on not just a little dog, not just a little thing, but he actually learned how to kill a lion and a bear. God prepared him through all of these things. He learned with a little bit of authority all the way up to big authority so that he was able to have confidence that he'd be able to conquer that thing and put it into action. So David's preparation gave him confidence in the authority that he'd been given. Each test, each level taught him something new. It provided him an opportunity again, to use his equipment and evaluate his aim. Through all of those circumstances, he got to ask himself the question that I over and over again, did he achieve what he set out to do? Did he operate in the authority given to him? What could he have done better? Were there signs to take note of when the enemy was coming? Could he have stayed ahead of the attack? What was the most effective way to trample? What worked the best for him? All of these things allowed David an opportunity to level up in such a way that once his opportunity came, when he was faced with Goliath, he was confident with his. He was response ready. That reminded me, just a, a while back I got to uh, participate in this raw conversation with some new believers. It was some a group of young adults that had gotten together at our church and just discussing what it's like to, to really walk with God and, and what that feels like to be able to walk in trust and complete faith in who God is and how you walk that out. This young man, he's probably about 20 years old, came with such an honest question, an honest statement. He said, that's great. I love that you guys are saying that it's good to trust God. That sounds good, but how do I really learn how to trust God, right? And I was only a few years in my walk, but remember, I said I was excited to walk with God, man. So I was getting my hands on everything I could get my hands on. When he said it, I was just so excited about how God was fulfilling all the things that he said he would do. So I learned right away that you know you can trust him because he does what he says he's going to do. If you respond in obedience to the thing that God put in front of you, he's going to continuously deliver on what he says he will do in response. So the way that I learned to trust God is to taste and see for myself. David learned he was able to taste and see that when God told him 
to pick up a rock, throw it, and I got you. I'll handle your opponent. David had to do it to experience the outcome so that when God called him to really step up and handle the challenge that was faced in front of him, that new thing that was faced in front of him, he was able to do and deliver on what God said for him to do. I love how Paul reveals what he learned through walking with the Lord. He talks about it in 2 Corinthians 1 and 9. He he was telling the people about all the different things that he had been through and just some of the journeys that he had been through and how they were really, he and his folks were really threatened with death, you know. We're lucky here in the United States of America. We get to worship God openly and praise him openly. These folks were being uh, persecuted and still are being persecuted, and God delivered him over and over again. What he says in that verse is that indeed we felt we were under the sentence of death in order that we would not trust ourselves but in God who raises the dead. See, they had to learn not to just rely on their own ability, but they needed to really know that God would step up and be who he is. This is the same God that raises the dead. This is the same God that has authority over all things. Paul said that he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. In him we have placed our hope that he will yet again deliver us. So Paul basically tells folks when it comes to trusting God that he can trust God because he did deliver us, He's doing it right now, and guess what? He's going to do it again, and I have confidence that he's going to do it again because of the way that I've been prepared. Because everything that God showed me, he's going to do his part when I do my part. And so I just want to remind you that the separation is in the preparation. Do not begrudge what you've been prepared with. Do not begrudge all the situations that you've been through. Everything, every experience in your life is going to make you who you are. God is raising up soldiers in his kingdom. He's just not raising up some little bitty folks, you know. He's raising up soldiers. And it might not look like a big thing. You know, we talk about different experiences in the Bible, and sometimes God tells you to go sing, you know, go praise the Lord and just watch the salvation of the Lord. And that might not sound like a big thing, but look, it's scary when you're facing an opponent an opponent, and, and somebody's coming up against you. So for me to have faith and confidence in who God is, I need to be able to trust that, look, if God tells me to go sing at some folks and he's going to work it out, I need to be able to stand there confidently and really trust that I can just open my mouth and sing, and God is going to deliver these folks into my hands. And so the more that you walk with him again, we just learn over and over again how to trust in his authority. Second thing I just wanted to talk about is recognition. And so the text that we're looking at today says that the Lord is doing a new thing followed by a question. Shall you not know it? Shall you perceive it, other translations say? So basically, look, I'm doing this new thing. Are you even going to recognize it? Are you going to know when that new thing comes your way, when time and chance, right, comes your way, are you going to be able to recognize it as your moment? Here we go again, back to, back to my sports, my safety zone. And so in Little League Baseball, we teach the kids how to be able to recognize what's called belly pitches. And so when they're up at the plate and it's their turn to take a swing at the ball coming at them, we want to teach them what their belly pitches are, what your zone is. And so another uh, version or a way to explain that is called a strike zone. So I don't know if you guys have ever watched baseball. I know how exciting that is. So you guys are probably jumping up and down. It's really exciting to watch baseball on TV. However, you know what a strike zone is. And so basically a strike zone is the part of the body that truly is your belly. If you drew kind of a box from your belly button up to your chest, that's about the area of a belly pitch zone. The point being that when a ball is coming your way, you want to be able to recognize, okay, is this a pitch coming in my zone? Is it outside of the zone? Or look, is the ball coming right out at me and I need to duck to get out of the way? And so we work really hard with these kids to teach them to be able to recognize what their strike zone is so they know how to recognize uh, when to respond and how to do it. And so you have only a matter of seconds to see a pitch, discern it, and and based on that discernment, you're either going to swing, stand still, or again, get out of the way. Now, my belly pitch zone would be different than somebody like, um, we'll say, I know it's a different sport, but just work with me on the height. Everybody knows who Shaquille O'Neal is. So if me and him are standing side by side and you were going to throw a ball that you want me to hit, you wouldn't throw it at his belly pitch zone because that would probably be above my head and that wouldn't work for me. So that's not my zone. I would be able to recognize if a pitch is coming and it's over my head, that's not my zone. That's not for me. 
right? And so it's in the same way, God gives us each a gift, right? We, we all have these, these talents and skill sets that he's in, in, uh, packed us with, he's put inside of us. And as we go through life, as we're being prepared, those things are revealed to us. We know what works and what doesn't work. We know that God keeps putting us into situations to, to display the gift that he's been given. Um, and so we, our job is to be able to recognize what those opportunities are. What is my zone? What, is, what am I good at? I, I love to write. I love to talk. I love to teach. Whatever it is that you do, what is your zone? And look, I love to sing. Let me just say this. I love to sing. I probably shouldn't sing with a microphone in front of everybody. That might not be my zone. I might sound okay in the shower when I'm singing along with somebody, but if it's just me and the mic, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to listen to somebody else. That's not my zone. If Danzia were to come on and invite me to sing, I would have to say no. That's out of my zone, Danzia. That one's for you. I'm not going to swing at that one. And so I, you and, and I need to be able to be able to recognize what that belly pitch zone is in our lives so that we know when those opportunities come that we can swing at it, what we need to swing at, right? And so as it relates to the kingdom, our belly pitch zone is really what we call the territory of authority that we've been given. What's your territory of authority, right? So I know that my territory and, and this opportunity came to come on and, and talk, right? I love to talk. That's something that I'm definitely going to take an opportunity to, to swing and just to, to talk about the word of God. Nothing makes me happier, right? That is my territory. Um, in baseball, that concept is really easy to understand. Um, there's other ways that you can look at it as well. One of the things that I just wanted to give an example that I, I'm just switching to another sport, but I saw this last weekend, and, man, this jumped out at me. Um, I've heard the saying that you have to be ready to take the opportunity of a lifetime during the lifetime of the opportunity. But, again, recognizing which opportunities are yours is just so important. My opportunity wouldn't look like yours and vice versa. So last Sunday, as I'm watching football, I, I'm a huge Steelers fan. Um, I love the Steelers. The Steelers are just such a great team, fun team to, to watch and be a part of. And so last weekend they got to play the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC championship game, mind you. And um, the game was so exciting. It was such a close football game. The, the, gosh, I think they got the, – the Jaguars got to a point within the last few minutes of the game where they were winning. Um, their, their points were 42, and we were down – the Steelers were down by 14 points. And so come back, they score those 14 points, and we're tied 42-42, and there's a couple of seconds left on the clock. Now, I have to preface this with um, I am sharing the story because it was so significant to me, and it's something that I just learned so much from watching that and really recognizing what was happening. So I'll say that, and then I have to say I'm a Steelers fan, so it hurts my heart to be able to share this with you guys, but let's just learn from all the opportunities that we've been given. And so in those last couple of seconds, here, here the Jacksonville Jaguars have the ball, and there might be, I want to say there was less than 10 seconds on the clock, right? So the Jaguars were about 61 yards from the end zone, and the game was going to end. And so at that point, they had an opportunity. They could have just let the time kick off and then go into overtime, trust what's going to happen there. But they recognized that even in this time, they had a new opportunity. They had a thing that was springing forth, and they recognized it and seized that moment. There's a player that took advantage of that, that play. So with that few seconds left on the clock, the quarterback launches this Hail Mary pass to a young wide receiver by the name of Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs had two Steeler defensive players right there around him. Now, in that moment, he went for his. He recognized that that moment was his opportunity, his new thing that sprung forward. Now, those defenders ended up missing him. He took the ball into score, and my Steelers lost. It was an amazing play, but they lost. Now, what really got me was listening to this young man interview, being interviewed after the game, and it was right after it took place. So here's this, this huge opportunity that just happened, and he's getting asked to review how he handled that, what his response was. And basically what he says is that he said that he still doesn't know what just happened. He said all he can do is give, give it to God because without him, nothing is possible. He says that since he first got here, I never stopped working. Today was the day when that all paid off, when that work all paid off. He said that 
God put me in a position, and I just try to take advantage of my opportunities. Now, I had to give it up to this young man on that one. He recognized his moment and was response ready. His preparation and hard work paid off. He knew his zone. God did a new thing for this young man. This new thing sprang up, and this man recognized it, and he took control of the territory of his authority. Just like David, when he went out to that battlefield to fight, he wasn't necessarily expecting to, to, to have to fight in that moment. His daddy sent him to the battlefield where Goliath was to actually go check on his brothers who were sent to fight. And so David wasn't even sent to fight that battle. Now, here's right. the situation David was faced with. He recognized that there was a threat coming that was in his zone. David had been prepared his, with his time with the sheep, with his time with God out there in the field to handle the giants that, had, that he had faced. He knew how to take out a bear. He knew how to take out a lion. He knew that God would be there for him and be who he needed him to be. The Goliath came in his territory, and he recognized it. He got some rocks, and he was response ready, man. He was response ready. He was ready to seize the moment and take control and take territory in the authority that he had, uh, take authority, excuse me, in the territory that he'd been given. He was able to recognize that it was coming in his zone. Yes, ma'am. Minister Kay, I want to, before you continue on with that, I want to express to the listening audience that it is so critical for you to recognize situations and take authority in those situations. That's that's the point that you're making with that, correct? Yes, ma'am. So yes, what, ma'am. So let me, before you move on with that, what is it that you think practically that our listening audience can do in their in these times and these days? I mean, you know, we're not coming. Yeah, we're coming up on where people. I heard in the news. Uh, coyotes been attacking, having has been attacking people yes. in the city, and that's in Tucson, Arizona. Um, yes. What can people do? So they're not going to come against bears and lions and all this stuff. What can people do specifically to take territory in their life? If you can say that briefly for me. Sure, sure. So in order for us to take territory in our lives, I. I um, I really feel that the most important thing that you can do is start doing it. I know that that sounds so simple, but God has given us authority. So, look, the, 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 the authority is already there. The gift has already been given. The authority is ours to take hold of. What we have to begin to do is really to have the confidence to operate in it. So when we're faced with these situations and, you know, shoot, I'm going to take it to the level that we talked about today. We had uh, the children's church today talking with children's church, and the kids were talking about um, dealing with bullies, right, and how you handle when somebody is being a bully in their situation. Now, that's how kids deal with it, but we know that in our lives we have bullies too. God teaches us to be able to take authority over that situation, that we have responsibilities on how to handle that, that it's not up to us to handle all those situations, that the battle belongs to him, that we can trample right. on the enemy. But the way that we do that is that we have um, dominion and power over, um, I'm sorry, but that the things that we fight are not flesh and blood, but of uh, uh, principalities, right? And so we're not right. fighting against people. We're fighting against principalities. So the way that we can learn to take authority in the territory that we've been given is to recognize that, recognize that we aren't fighting against other people. We aren't actually physically fighting against a bear or physically fighting against a javelina, right? But that we have the opportunity to seize um, our authority in taking authority over the principalities that, that are coming against us. So to realize that we do have an enemy. There isn't a real enemy coming up against us and that we have to be able to take authority over that in the spirit realm, to understand who we are in God, to claim his promises, to say the name of Jesus, and to understand that when we do, every knee has to bow, that demons tremble at his name. And I believe that the more that we do that, so, so a practical situation would be that if I'm afraid of something in my life, if I'm afraid to face that thing, and the only way that I'm going to conquer that fear is to face it, to stand in right. who I am and in the situation, trusting that this truly is not my battle. It is the Lord's. The Lord, look, I trust you in my authority that you have given me to stand in this place, Lord God. I'm going to stand here, represent your name, 
name, pray to you, praise you in every situation, Lord God, and I'm going to stand back and see your salvation, see what you do in that. And as he continues to do it in our lives, we can continue to gain in our confidence and trust in him. Let me tell you, let's pause right there because that's so powerful. People need to hear that. And I don't want that point to pass by. Um, It is critical um, to, so here's the thing. Because for the, I need I need to break that down for our our listening audience that they're very, you know, who don't know principalities, who don't understand, yes. um, you know, uh, rulers of darkness and you know spiritual wickedness. All they know, they're having a bad day. Yep. Right. Yeah. All they know is things aren't working out for me. All they know is that oh, I can't seem to do anything right, or, and I just, got, I just got out of this relationship where I'm in this relationship and I'm being beaten up, you know. Mm-hmm. All they know is nothing's working out. I can't get a car. I can't get the credit that I need. I can't do, get a house. I really don't even have an apartment I can stay in. It. I'm staying with a friend right now. I can't really buy the clothes I need in order to get the job that I need. I don't have the education. So how do they take authority in those places, and I don't want people to miss this point. If you, she said you just do it, but you make a conscious decision. Oh, I hear myself talking to myself. You make a conscious decision, and it's really this simple. You just speak it to yourself over and over again. I don't want you to miss the point that she's saying. Speak it over to you, over again to yourself, and tell yourself you can. It's like that ch- that little um what is it, the little train that could or would or whatever yep. it's called. Yep. And so yep. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Mm-hmm. And so as a man thinketh, oh, my goodness, I, this was just told me, as a man thinketh, so is he. And when you begin to say, I think I can, I think I can get a job. I think I can get out of this abusive relationship. I think I can do better with my own body. I think I can apply for this job. I think I can go back to school. You began to start doing that thing. And I just really learned that over the last few months at 40 mm. some years, saying mm. I think I can. And when I thought, started saying I think I can, it changed to making a step. Listen to the practicality of this. Making a, one little step, it didn't work out for everything I wanted to work out, but I saw progress. And as you take each step, you make a progress into who you need to be and who you are going to be or whatever the case is for you in your season of life. And then you begin to take authority, but you got to start with the basics. Take authority first over your thought process. Take authority first over your, your steps of your choices. And what you tend to do with those choices, as a, what's your motive? Think about your, what your motives are. So I, 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 want, I didn't want to pass that by because so critical is it to break that down for people to understand, Minister Kate, what you are saying to them in their day-to-day life. Okay, yes. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up at six. Oh, no, I'm going to press the snooze button. Uh, I'll just have to be a little late going in. No, 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 no. The kingdom authority has to do with discipline. Yes. Kingdom authority has to do with making sure you are in right character. And, as, and I'm telling you this because these are things that I'm having to do, if I can be transparent, is to make sure I'm making the right steps and, and be corrected even when I'm not making yes. the right steps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just I didn't want to pass that by, Mr. Kate, before you did that, before you went on. Absolutely. And if I could just just tag on to that, a couple of, of concepts, and, and I think that's so powerful. I'm glad that you gave that real-life example. You know, there's so many things that we face every single day, and especially as we're really learning how to walk with God, it's so, so, so important to understand that, yes, things Look, well, I believe that that scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? right. And so we we think, and and it has to, you know, um, I I think that we have to learn how to move from a place of just thinking it to actually receiving it in our hearts. 
And so in the beginning, as you said, when you're faced with all those things and, and that truly is your story, and, and I know that we've all been um, maybe not in that type of a situation, but something similar to that where just things are not going your way and how am I going to take one step out of this when I can't? You begin to think those things, right? And so it's so important to remove that. Our, our tongue has the power of life and death, meaning that basically what we speak can create either life or death in our experiences. So it's really important to understand that and to, to watch what we speak and what we say and to use those things as tools to overcome. That is the authority as a creator. We are made in the image of God. We can create things with our tongue. So to, to speak on it, I believe that, that the, the, the change or the depth of, of going from thinking just in your mind to thinking in your heart comes from a place of, at least for me personally, is, is to experience um, the outcome that, that you wanted to see happen. Here I'm consciously making a decision to wake up at 6 o'clock, and I know that if I wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be able to get a jump start on my day. My day is going to be successful. I'm going to be able to do these things because I have that time, right? And so when I successfully do that over and over again and it produces the outcome, the harvest that I want to see, I'm not just thinking it. That's in my heart. It's who I am. And so that begins to uh, well, it is. It's who you are. It's what you repeatedly do. And so um, we're given that opportunity, I think, as we walk with God to really be able to take authority over those types of things, to take authority over your individual day and your individual situation so that you can grow in trust in him and, and yeah. really take advantage of the authority that we've been given and released into. That's powerful. That's powerful right there. Um, take authority in what um, he's given us. I mean, you're right. That's it's in, in his heart. As a man thinketh in his heart. And so we have to change our heart and so that we can take authority. I am so, I know you guys so much more, and I know you keep getting downloads, um, Minister K. What we're going to do, I want everyone to know that. When are you going to be on um, each month, um, Minister K? It will be the third Sunday of every month. We'll be able to meet together and, and just keep getting deeper and deeper in the word. Awesome, awesome. And so we will give opportunity for those who want to um, call in on the third Sundays as well. And so that we, if there's some things that you want us to pray for, if there's some things that you want us to talk about, um, we'll start that in March, actually. And then you can call in and we can discuss some things, some comments you want to make. Um, definitely have to be biblical kingdom principles. We're not going on the tangent on this stuff. So kingdom principles, we can definitely discuss that. I am so happy to have you, Minister Kate Cook, who is joining us every third Sunday, Cooking with Kate. It's a privilege Amen. and honor. Any last yes. words before I get ready to close us out? Um, it is a privilege and an honor, and I just um, I thank you for this new opportunity, and I would just ask you all to join us as we walk through this year in this new opportunity to truly be able to take authority and, and to produce an outcome that we will see a difference in our lives, that this new thing it is springing up, that we will be able to recognize it and make it do what it do, that we will get better and better. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make it do to do. <laughs> make it do to do, yes. Kingdom Authority, I want you to join us um, again on next week um, at the same time, 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do want to pray, and then we have a quote to close us out. You do know how Amen. we do it now. Got to close this out Amen. with a quote and with prayer. And so just briefly, if you can just say a few seconds of a prayer um, over the word and what God is going to do with the word, Mr. King. Yes. God, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, this new thing that we've been presented with, Lord. We just ask you that you continue to teach us how to seize the opportunities that we're given each and every day, Lord God. Show us the plans and the strategies that you have for us, Lord, as we walk through each and every day. Show us how to take authority, Lord God, to really use what it is that you have given to us and, and to have confidence in you, Lord God. We thank you for the ability that though we walk through a thing, Lord God, that we are always open to to learning more about you, Lord God, that we know that you correct those that you love and you teach those that you love, Lord God. So we know that you love us, Lord God, and we receive everything that you have for us, Lord God. We ask you to continue to mold us 
and make us better, Lord, so that you can receive all the glory, Lord God, that's due to your name, Lord. We praise you and we honor you, and it is in Jesus' name that we ask all these things, Lord. Thank you. Praise your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again. I want to close out with this quote as we end this hour. Um, and the next next week we're going to have my special mother, um, Mother Florine Yay. Young, will be on with us. And this is probably her reminder as well as I'm saying this. But she's on with us next week. And then the following week we have another Amen. mother of the church. And I can't wait for her to come on. We are making sure we're bridging gaps. We're bridging all kinds of gaps generational, Amen. cultural, ethnicity, we're bridging it. And um, even denominations, there is, we have got to do this together. I just got a text from Bishop, um, hashtag better together. And it's so true. Better Amen. together. We're going to do this together. So I'm excited about next week because my own mama going to be on here and breaking Yay. it down for us. I can't wait. Let me close out with this. Um, can't reach for anything new if your hands are still full of yesterday's junk. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. You're going to go into the new. You can't reach for anything new if your hands are still full of yesterday's junk. You better let it go, honey. That's a quote by Louise Smith, and that rocked me a few months ago, and so I'm practicing constantly of releasing things, releasing things, better at some than other things, but I am encourage you all as you take kingdom authority, authority in the kingdom of God, through the grace of God, for the glory of God, that you will release the junk and reach for the new things. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. So happy to be here. Third Sunday, Cooking with Kate. See you next Sunday. Amen. Amen.